The time has come to get ready for the 2022 World Cup. And what better way to prepare than by revisiting the World Cup's most amazing goals? I'm Brian Phillips. I'm making a podcast about the history of the Men's World Cup, told through the stories of 22 iconic goals. The show's called 22 Goals. It's out now on the Ringer Podcast Network, and we're having so much fun. It's New York, New York, presented by FanDuel. Take a shot at betting the NBA with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub, filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays all on one page. Plus, start betting on the Explore page and the Pulse and bet live same-game parlays for every NBA game. So download the app today and bet with Fandle, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 100 Gambler or visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by Viore. I love sports. I know you do too. I also know that lots of you exercise, but if you're like me and my wife, the the beloved sports gal, you're sick and tired of ugly, uncomfortable workout gear, especially, you know, I do a lot of walking. I walk around LA. I make calls. I listen to podcasts. Here are two words that will change everything. Viore clothing, a line of activewear that is unbelievable. The best thing about Viore is you can lounge around in it. You can work out in it. You can go outside. You can go shopping down your local wherever. And you never feel like you're either underdressed or overdressed. You're just comfortable. You can wear it when you're training, traveling, lounging around the house. Go get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet. Here's the deal. Our listeners get 20% off their first purchase at viori.com slash Simmons. Once again, V-U-O-R-I dot com slash Simmons. Let's roll, baby. It is a early Wednesday edition of New York, New York, with yours truly, J.J. Johnson-Stremski, as we close in on week number 16 across the board in the NFL, and we'll have plenty on that. Quarterback of the New York Football Giants, Daniel Jones, of course, is going to join us. And I think it's fair to say Daniel Jones is going to be joining us after the biggest win of his NFL career as the Giants took down the Commanders on Sunday Night Football. But before we get into any of the football, got to give the New York Knickerbockers a ton of love right now. Now, at the beginning of the year, if you had told me the Knicks were going to go and blow the doors off the Golden State Warriors, I, I think I might have done the podcast shirtless, to be quite honest with you. Like, I, I, I know it's the NBA. I know it happens. That was an absolute beatdown at Madison Square Garden. Now, we understand a couple of things about Golden State. Number one, Steph Curry did not play in this game. That's uh, kind of a big deal. Another guy by the name of Andrew Wiggins did not play. That said, the New York Knickerbockers can do no wrong throughout this winning streak. The New York Knickerbockers have now made it eight in a row. They are firing on all cylinders. They are playing beautiful team basketball. 
They have a rotation figured out. Their best players are playing well. They have finally gotten R.J. Barrett on board these last few games to sync up with Randall, who's been terrific all year, to sync up with Brunson. And I know we spent a lot of time talking about that Jalen Brunson contract. Jalen Brunson has been everything the Knicks could have hoped for when they brought him over from the Dallas Mavericks. The guy plays hard every night. He knows how to orchestrate an offense. He gets guys in the right positions. He can do his thing and score, hit the outside shot, be the closer at the end of these games. Brunson's a real, really good player. And I am glad he's a Knickerbocker. Questioning where the franchise is going is one thing, but guys like Jalen Brunson, they're winning players. That's what it boils down to. He has shown you why he has been a winning player. So the Knicks have all that humming. Quinn Grimes has come back. He has given them really good minutes. A little bit scary. End of the first half. He leaves with an injury. Comes back all is well. And there's a lot to feel good about. The Knicks going into Christmas. And I know it's going to be a tricky second out of a back-to-back. Tibbs shockingly pulling the starters in the fourth quarter, which was the right thing to do. The Knicks have put themselves in a position where, as a whole, there's a lot to like. There is a lot to feel good about. The vibe that we had around the basketball team two years ago, starting to come back a little bit. 18 and 13 on the year, eight straight wins. I would have signed for 18 and 13 week before Christmas, wouldn't you? And if you think about where the Knicks were at the end of November, it's a drastically different look and a drastically different feel. It's no longer, oh, you got to fire Tom Thibodeau. Oh, you got to do everything you can to blow this team up. Now it's more, hey, let's go make the playoffs. Forget about the play-in. The Knicks right now are one of the top six teams in the Eastern Conference with an eternity left in this NBA season. But 18-13 and 13 is a whole lot to like. Okay. Now, bad news, Jeff Fence. Not only is it going to be a monsoon on Thursday, not only is it going to be 50 degrees, which you like for December, but heavy rain and crazy wind gusts and all sorts of insanity out of MetLife Stadium, you're going to have even more insanity because Zach Wilson is starting it again. And this is not the least bit surprising. Mike Florio hinted at this Sunday Night Football when they had his little interview before the game. If they didn't clear Mike White to play Sunday against Detroit, it was hard to imagine that they were going to clear Mike White to play this game here on Thursday night. And Jets are going to have their hands full. I don't know who the weather helps, quite frankly. You know, I've thought about that. You would think the Jets, because they have the better defense and they can limit the better quarterback, but do you trust Zach Wilson at all being able to handle the football on a blustery, disgusting, wet, and miserable day? Not really. So I think the weather in many ways is a great unknown going into this particular game. But for the Jets, it's pretty simple. They have to run the ball and they have to play defense. That's how they're going to win. They have to win the turnover battle. They got to force a couple of turnovers on defense. That is something they have not done now in quite a while. They also need to run it. When they don't run it effectively, they don't win. And it looks even worse when you don't have Mike White at quarterback. This is going to be a very tough game for Zach Wilson. And if this were a night where the weather conditions were going to be primo, what you'd be hearing about, and you're probably still going to hear it anyway going into this game, is 
this contrast between Lawrence and Wilson. And if you remember, end of the 2020 season, got a lot of fights with Jeff fans at that time. Oh, I want to win these games. I'm saying, no, you don't. You want the number one pick. You want Trevor Lawrence. Well, they don't get Trevor Lawrence. And instead, they end up with Zach Wilson. Lawrence, in his second year, is ascending to a point where he looks like he's going to be a top quarterback in the league. He's got a coach, finally. He's not in a dysfunctional, chaotic, nightmarish situation. He has put it all together. Whereas the quarterback in the New York Jets is only playing right now because Mike White is injured. That might go down as one of those great Jet what-ifs. But for the here and now, it's not about Lawrence and Wilson. It's about this team trying to remain alive in a playoff race. And you have to get at least one of the next two. That's the way I'd look at it. In, in, in all seriousness, you want to win out. Because then if you win out, you don't have anything to worry about when it comes to the other teams. Just one Patriot loss, which you're going to get. One Patriot loss, I believe, against the Bengals, the Dolphins, or the Bills is not a whole lot to ask for. But you need to take care of your business. And can they do that with a backup quarterback? Think if you're the Jets, you sound right on the dotted line for that game being winning in against the Dolphins. You, If I am presenting you that contract the week before Christmas and I tell you, you have a winning in week 18 against the Dolphins, you're taking it. How can you not? Will the Jets have that position? That is the million-dollar question over the next two weeks. Very fascinating Thursday night game. Sure, Amazon didn't think they'd have a whole lot on the line with the Jaguars and the Jets the week before Christmas. They got a doozy of a game. Fascinating, fascinating game on a lot of different levels. So we're going to have the quarterback of the Giants on, and he should be fired up. If you're a Giant fan, you should be fired up. That was a big, big win. It's the biggest win that Saquon Barkley and Daniel Jones have had in the Giant uniform. The fact that this team is basically one win away from the playoffs with the talent on this roster is absolutely absurd. I mean, that's one of the more holy smokes type of moments thinking about this football season. The Giants, with their talent, with the lack of weapons on the outside, with the injuries now that they've had in that secondary, they won a lot of games they shouldn't have won at the beginning of the year. To their credit, they kind of weathered the storm and... They outcoached the hell out of the Commanders on Sunday night. We might be looking at a playoff preview with them and the Minnesota Vikings on Thursday. Very, very possible that is a 3-6 matchup in the NFC. And I'll tell you this. The other Giants, first you want to just get in. Worry about getting in and then however it shakes out, it shakes out. But I'd much rather play the Vikings than go and play in San Francisco against the Niners. That's not even close. So... Possible playoff preview. Giants-Vikings on Saturday. All right, let's hear from the quarterback of the victorious New York Giants. He should be feeling good. His team has got a legit chance of going to the playoffs. Our chat with Daniel Jones up next. This episode is brought to you by Viore. I love sports. I know you do too. I also know that lots of you exercise, but if you're like me and my wife, the, the beloved sports gal, you're sick and tired of ugly, uncomfortable workout gear, especially, you know, I do a lot of walking. I walk around LA. I make calls. I listen to podcasts. Here are two words that will change everything. Viore clothing, a line of activewear that is unbelievable. The best thing about Viore is you can lounge around in it 
you can work out in it. You can go outside, you can go shopping down in your local wherever and you never feel like you're either underdressed or overdressed. You're just comfortable. You can wear it when you're training, traveling, lounging around the house. Go get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet. Here's the deal. Our listeners get 20% off their first purchase at viori.com slash Simmons. Once again, V-U-O-R-I.com slash Simmons. All right. I'm stoked for this one. I had this date circled on the calendar right after Sunday Night Football, right after the Giants got the big fourth down stop. I had a feeling our conversation this week was going to be rather pleasant. So the week before Christmas, the quarterback of the New York Giants, Daniel Jones. What's up, buddy? Congrats on the big W. Appreciate it, man. How you doing? I'm doing well. I know a lot of Giant fans. Daniel definitely had a little extra pep in their step going into work on Monday. I know you guys were fired up, as you should be, might I add, after the win. Now that you look back on it, fair to say it was the biggest win you've had in your tenure as New York Giant quarterback? Uh, Yeah, I think uh, it's definitely up there. That's probably probably fair to say that. Um, they win for us on a you know divisional game. I talked about divisional game on the road in December, and we were able to get the win. So, uh, big game for for all of us, and uh, got to build on it. Got to keep it going, but uh, fun to get that one for sure. Now, you had mentioned to me that you were stoked about the idea of playing in front of the nation. You're on full display Sunday night football. We had the introductions. You were. Very businesslike, by the way. Daniel Jones, Duke, no messing around there. So uh, you let uh, Dexter Lawrence be the guy to go get nuts, right? Did you did you know about his introduction at all, or no, not really? No, tell me what were what were some, were there any good ones? Besides, Sexy uh, Dexy, I like Dexy. it. Dexy. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Does that come as a surprise knowing Dexter Lawrence? Or no, not really. No, not at all. Not at all. Okay. But you, listen, you were businesslike. You were matter of fact. And your team's performance was exactly that. I know, Daniel, there had been concerns about you in the past. Oh, how's he going to handle prime time? I know some point to the ridiculous record of your games in prime time. Maybe, hey, it's the teams you guys were playing. I don't think it had anything to do with the game being on a Thursday or a Monday or a Sunday night. But for you to kind of get that like prime time monkey off your back, so now you don't have to worry about hearing it anymore. Feel good? Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think, uh, I don't know. I, all, the, all the games we play are, are prime time. You know, you're playing, you're in the NFL. Everyone's watching your games, especially in New York. There's always people, always people watching tuning in. And, and uh, so I, I don't know. I think uh, I'm always, you know, whether it's a Monday night, Sunday night, Thursday night, Sunday at one o'clock, I think uh, approach is the same. And uh, yeah, the record was one thing, but wasn't, wasn't too, putting too much stock into that. Yeah, nor should you be. A lot of that stuff is total bullshit. It's totally overblown. And to your point, you got a job to do every Sunday, Monday, or Thursday, whatever the case may be. I don't know if you felt this way being on the sideline, but to me, there were two huge swings in the game. And the first one was what you got defensively with Kayvon Thibodeau getting that strip sack. DJ, he just missed ending the commander game, what was it, a couple of weeks ago, the game that ended in a tie. I thought he was going to end it with a strip sack safety, and I thought that was going to be the difference in the game. Was that, like, to you, one of the biggest turning points of the game? Because it felt like the minute you guys got that play, it kind of jump-started your team. Is that fair to say? I think so, yeah. I think so. That was a huge play, no doubt. And, um, 
yeah, credit to him. I mean, he made a made a heck of a play, and it was so eerily similar to the one two weeks ago, like you said. Uh, but she made a great play there too, and then um, you know got the sack here, and then uh, scoop and score. So credit to him. I mean, he's been playing playing big for us all year, and that was certainly a game changing play on Sunday. So has that been a fun challenge in practice? That pass rush, dude has really been coming on the last couple of weeks. Now that you got Ojolari back in the mix, Thibodeau's there, Leonard Williams, Sexy Dexy. I'm going to be using that, by the way. That's his <laughs> new name as far as I'm concerned. Uh, but is that making you, let's say, better as a quarterback, getting a chance and getting an opportunity to go up against those guys throughout the week in practice? Yeah, you know, now that we're into the season, um, you know, we're not practicing too much against our defense. It's a lot of scout team work, but uh, you know, I think you could see it during training camp and, and early on, uh, you know, the ability those guys have to affect the, affect the passer, affect the, the quarterback and, and, uh, make plays. I mean, like you said, on the, on the edge with the Z's and, and Kayvon, um, you know, Hottie when he's in there and, and, uh, all those guys. And then inside with Dex and Leo, those guys do a great job to do. So, um, definitely makes it hard as a quarterback. So to me, DJ had a second big swing in this game. You were an integral part of it. It's that 96, that 97-yard touchdown drive. I love the idea of you guys going for it there in that situation. I thought that was super cool. I think you rewarded your coach's faith and confidence in you and delivering a big throw. Uh, you were cooking on that drive. Talk me through that turning point right at the end of the first half to go up 11 going into the locker room. That had to be one of your best drives of the season, man. I think so. Yeah. I think that was a big drive for us. And, um, you know, I thought we mixed, mixed things well, you know, the run game, the quick throws, getting the ball out of, out of our hand. And then, uh, you know, it was a efficient drive, but we, you know, kept it, kept it moving forward. We got set back a couple of times, but made up for it and, um, uh, you know, got back going. So, uh, I thought it was a good drive for us, you know, it was consistent execution, you know, sometimes the tough, toughest part about those drives when you go for, I don't even know how many plays it was, but when you go for a long drive, it's, you know, you have one or two plays to set you back and you can't overcome it. But I thought we, we executed uh, consistently and we're able to keep it moving forward. That big fourth down conversion, you guys are kind of in no man's land there. That's like one of those weird spots on the football field where it's like maybe it's too long for a field goal, but you don't want to punt. Did you kind of have the sense all along you guys are going to go for it there in that situation? Yeah, I wasn't surprised just with the field position, with with where we were, and uh, the wind was blowing that direction, you know, blowing in our face there. So it was a tougher kick. Um, so it made, made sense, and um, yeah, I mean, I was I was excited to have the opportunity to to make the play there, and um, I think you know all of us on offense want to be in those situations we talked about before with the uh, Tennessee game early on in the season. You want to you know you want to have those chances to convert, chances to make a play. Um, in those big situations. So that was, uh, that's certainly one of them. So DJ, you didn't get to hear the broadcast, but Chris Collinsworth was gushing about you and Saquon, man. He, maybe cause he hasn't seen you guys. So he, he got a chance to see you guys up close in person and Saquon, man, at the end of that game, those were some tough, tough runs. You guys get the turnover. You're backed up in your own end. And you basically, it felt like ran the same. Did you guys basically run? the same play for Saquon on like two or three different occasions? Because it just felt like a boom, give it to him up the middle. He's getting 10 or 15 yards. That's got to be some of the toughest running I've seen from Saquon Barkley as a giant man. Those were 
Those were not like the the graceful Saquon cut on a dime, go 80 yards. DJ, that was just him plowing through people, man. Yeah, they were they were similar plays. Um, but yeah, he was hitting it and and the guys up front were doing a really good job uh opening up some seams for him. And uh I think that yeah, says a lot about the guys up front, says a lot about him when uh, you know, late in the game like that, they know, you know, you're probably gonna try to run the ball to to uh keep the clock running and we were able to, to run it anyway. So a lot of credit to, to the guys up front and to Saquon, but it was a big time, big time stuff. You guys still have a lot of work in front of you. You got three games left, but this was a monster win, DJ. Like the playoff odds, I know you don't want to hear it, but like <laughs> they were showing it before the game. It's like, well, if the Giants win, their playoff chances are pretty good. If they lose, they take a major hit. Now that you're at this point where one more win or two more wins probably gets you guys into the tournament, and it would mean you're playing in the postseason for the first time in your career. Are you and the team kind of at a point now where you can you could smell it, you can taste it? Like, are, are you guys talking about it at all in the locker room, or is that like something that Coach Dable's kind of silencing here, where he's like, "Hey, it's about the Minnesota Vikings. I don't want to hear about the playoffs. What's going on with that?" Uh, I don't know if he's flat out said said that. Um, you know, guys, guys see it and and you understand kind of what's going on, but um, you know, I'm being being honest when I say I don't feel like I've heard a lot of guys, you know, thinking too much about it, talking too much about it, you know, really concerning ourselves too too deeply with that. Obviously, that's the goal. That's where we want to be. We want to be want to be in the postseason. But um, you know, our focus is this week. It really is, and, and playing as well as we can against the Vikings, and, and that's the only way we're going to be in a position uh, to, to do what we want to do and, and to make the. Uh, I saw this clip literally on Twitter like an hour before we sat down and had this convo. I guess inside the NFL or somebody got video of your head coach pumping you guys up after the touchdown drive. So they show Coach Dable come over to the sideline and he's like, that's how you effing play quarterback. Like, I see that, DJ. I'd be like, yeah, man, that's my that's my coach. That's my dude. Um was he all like sorts of fired up after that drive? It sure seemed like it, man. That video was he was he was into it, man, and a gr- in a good way too. He was giving you guys a lot of love. Yeah, he was he was fired up, and um, yeah, I thought uh, his energy was was great. Some obviously we all all feed off of, and uh, big drive for us. And uh, yeah, he had had the goatee out there. And everything. all right, I gotta ask you about that. I gotta <laughs> ask you about that. I saw it Sunday. And my buddy, who's a big Giant fan, texted me. He goes, goes, dude, what's up with Dable's goatee? It looks awful. And I, DJ, I didn't notice it, man. Like, I'm watching a game, you know, like this 10 zillion different things going through my mind. Then I'm like, all right, when they pan into the sideline, I'm going to see what he's talking about. I love this beard. His beard was <laughs> luscious. It's glowing. You know, he's got like the Yukon Cornelius vibe from Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Then I see the goatee and I'm like, ooh, I don't know, man. But DJ, you win. And you play the way you did on Sunday, that goatee, even if Dable's wife and his kids hate it, it's gotta be here to stay, right? He's gotta keep it now, right? He's got he's gotta roll with it now that now that we won. I mean, uh yeah, we'll see. He's he's gotta keep it though. Was that a culture shock for you guys when uh coach came in for the first day after shaving the beard? You're like, whoa, who's that guy? <laughs> yeah, I think he shaved it uh Saturday. Maybe Saturday was the first day. Yeah, everyone came in, it was kinda uh kind of taken back by it but you know it's it's working you gotta gotta keep it now 
hey, ain't broke, don't fix it. I'm all about the superstition. Whatever works, whatever's going to get you guys to the postseason, you know, that's the move, that's the MO. I heard this the other day when you were doing your sit-down with the reporters and, listen, the guys and gals, they got a job to do. They're covering your team seven days a week. But we're at a point in the season where, listen, every game is so crucial. Every game is so imperative for your team. And I know it's something that's looming for you in the offseason. But I'd kind of be at a point where I'm like, man, I want to deal with contract shit right now. Like, I, I, we're worried about this. Like, I, I can't be thinking about something that's going to happen a month from now, two months from now, three months from now. Uh, are you over the contract questions? Is it to a point now, DJ, where you don't like for me, I've kind of thought about it where I've said, you know, we had you on the pod. I asked you about it early in the year and I'm kind of done. Like uh, DJ will worry about his contract when we sit down after the season, hopefully after a long January and we'll take it from there. Are you kind of at the point now where this is back burner stuff? You don't want to talk about it anymore? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think, uh, I don't know. I don't know if I ever really wanted to, to talk about it, but I, I think especially at this point, this point in the year with where we are and, and what's at stake, what's on the line and, and how much, uh, you know, we're all putting into it. I think there's certainly mu- much more pressing relevant things, uh, for all of us and, and me included. So, um, you know, I, you know, my mindset's been the same the whole year that doesn't change now. Uh, I think it's especially true now that, that, uh, you know, we focus on what we're doing and all that stuff will, will take care of itself for me and, and for, for all the guys in similar position. I think that's well said. Keep that same approach and things will go your way and they'll go the Giants way uh, with a couple of games remaining here in this regular season. Okay. The biggie after the game was phenomenal. <laughs> I loved it. I, it literally broke on Twitter, DJ, right after the win. You know, a couple of the reporters, they post the clips and I'm like, all right, the boys are jiving. And like coach was asked about it after the game and he's like, well, it sure beats the alternative of walking in that locker room when it's dead silent after a loss. So uh, did you work any biggie requests into the playlist or no, you just kind of sat back and enjoyed? Uh, I just sat back and enjoyed it. It's been, uh, been juicy. I mean, that's the song we played uh, after most of these wins, I think. Um, but yeah, it was a good time. Those are always fun, fun uh, celebrations in the locker room afterwards. So the team you're playing this coming Saturday they were down 33 to nothing. They found a way to win the game. So they got some firepower, whether that's Kirk Cousins with Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, Dalvin Cook, you name it. They could put up points. You, though, high school, college. I mean, your first game was pretty nutty against Tampa. But were you ever involved in, like, a crazy comeback like that one way or the other? Um, I don't know. 33 nothing stuff. Yeah, I don't know. You I, can't top that, like bro. That. You nothing can't. Like that. I can't I can't really think of one. I'm, I'm I wish I had had one for you, but um yeah, definitely haven't been da- been part of a 33 point comeback. I can't remember of of uh can't remember a situation where it was a really big one, but um yeah, that was crazy crazy game, you know, we watched it cuz it was on Saturday and and uh crazy crazy finish. So, for you now getting ready for the Minnesota Vikings. Biggest challenge that they're going to possess. That crowd, you know, we talked about it with Seattle. And when you play in Seattle and how loud it's going to be, that Minnesota crowd gets nutty, man. They're all doing the skull chant. It's inside. So the noise, it's going to be ratcheted up a notch. That combined with Minnesota, what what is the biggest challenge for you in this offense to put up points? Well, I think that's part of it. You know, we'll prepare for 
playing, uh, you know, playing in front of a loud crowd like that, have our silent count and our communication stuff uh, prepared and, and ready to go. Um, I think that's part of it. I think they're a veteran defense. They got uh, guys at all three levels who are uh, really good players, played a lot of football, smart, uh, know what an offense is trying to do to them. So we'll prepare, uh, prepare to attack those things. But, you know, it's all, it's all the same stuff at this point in the season. It's about doing what, what you got to do. Uh, as a team, you know, you know each other's identities and what, what they're going to do. So who can execute better knowing that? So Christmas is coming up. you got a game to play on Christmas Eve. And Christmas Day, you could sit back, maybe open up some presents, spend some time with the family, kind of take it from there. Had me wondering, DJ, what's the worst Christmas present you've ever gotten? Where you've opened it up and like <laughs> you didn't, you maybe didn't want to like, embarrass somebody or maybe you did i don't know but like what was the present daniel jones remembers where he's like man this sucked uh i don't know i mean i can't really think of something i feel like you know like socks or something simple like i used that. to hate now, getting now socks you, yeah, i used to you, you know to what not, dj i used to I hate like getting now socks you want them. now i'm like i need some socks. No, i agree so I, that's exactly <laughs> the way i feel somebody gives me like cool socks like i wear them with the suits all the time i'm like yeah this is a great present but like 10 years yeah. ago if you gave me socks they'd be like come on man you got me socks for christmas <laughs> yeah i don't know i can't i can't really think what about you what's the worst worst christmas present oh man it was definitely something for our kitchen that like I wanted no part of that like somebody got me. It's like, well, what what am I doing with that? And I cook. Like I'm not one of these guys that doesn't cook at all. But it was it was like I live in an apartment in Brooklyn. I'm like, what the hell am I gonna do with this? Come on, man. I don't even want I don't even want to dime out who gave it to me. I just remember opening it. And I was like, this is my present. No, no, no. Send this shit back. I'm done. I'm done, yeah. man. So you'd be disappointed. I, I I did not go with the ugly sweater at the Christmas party. It was a big. Dang, what happened? You know what it is, dude. I heard some of the higher ups at the company were going to be there. Uh, I was like, I'm going to make enough of a spectacle of myself just just being at the party to begin with. Now, yeah. there were some ugly sweaters, DJ. And one of the guys and gals I work with, they were rocking it. And they, they listen to our chat every week. And they're like, you know, DJ's going to be mad at you. He's going to be mad at you. I was <laughs> like, I didn't have the stones to do it, bro. So I should have taken yeah. your advice. I got to say, I'm a little disappointed, but hopefully hopefully you uh, made your presence felt anyway. Oh, I, I did, DJ. <laughs> and I learned I learned Friday morning that I, I can't hang like I used to back in there Syracuse. <laughs> it, was, it was very good that we had a 6 p.m. call time that day and not something at around. Good thing we weren't chatting at 11 or 12 because I would have been hurting, man. Just yeah. saying. <laughs> I was not ready for it. There so, um, listen, we survived. You guys, really proud of the effort. I think Giant fans are really proud of the effort. You guys have been a really likable team. You guys have been really easy to root for. So the Giant fan is fired up, DJ. They want this one Sunday because they can taste the postseason. So go get them on sun on Saturday. Notice I was about to say Sunday. My, my schedule is all thrown off too. And a Merry Christmas to you and your family, all right? All right. Appreciate it, JJ. Merry Christmas. Daniel Jones, quarterback in the New York Giants. Big one against the Minnesota Vikings. We got a lot more to do. Big night at the Garden as well. Coming right back. This episode is brought to you by Cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on Cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on Cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. Knickerbockers have won eight straight. 
So it's been a while. Zach Braziller joined us on opening night, which was a hard-fought, tough game against a really good Memphis team. Zach, it's been a very interesting couple of weeks for the Knicks. They were down and out in mid to late November. There's talk about Thibodeau getting fired. There's talk about blowing up the team. Now, all of a sudden, you win eight in a row. You smoke Golden State. I get it. No Curry. I get it. No Wiggins. But I think it's fair to say life is pretty good right now. They've won eight in a row, and six of them have been by double digits. Four of these wins have been 19 by 19 or more. They've held five opponents under 100. You know, I mean, they're they're not just these. It's not just like this. It's a winning streak where they're just getting by. They're blowing people out here almost every night. You know, the defense has been great. Quentin Grimes has really given them a a new dimension to that starting lineup. Randall's playing great. You know, the, the idea that Brunson was overpaid is laughable now. I mean, if you're a Knicks fan, you got to be ecstatic. I mean, I'm feeling really good about this team compared to where I was a month ago. And I, I think reason number one is exactly what you just said. The Brunson pickup and what he has meant and what he has provided to this team. Zach, I never had an issue with Brunson. My issue was where the Knicks going, what's their plan long term, what is this front office thinking? But you and I both know they've been craving for a point guard. They finally have somebody they can trust at the end of these games. And Zach, let's be real about this. Brunson has helped them win some games this year. That if he's not there, the Knicks are probably not executing the way they did at the end of these games. That's how I much mean, of a difference it, to me it, he I mean, is. This made. is also a franchise that really hasn't had a point guard since I don't know, Stephon Marbury or Derek Harper. I mean, yeah. I was going to say Derek Harper. I think- Rod Strickland, Mark Jackson. I think it was the number was twelve starting point guards before Brunson. They've had they had twelve starting point guards the previous thirteen opening nights, which is you know it's hard to win like that. And look, and he's like he's a culture setter. You know he he has a he hurts his foot um, last Sunday against the Kings, and there's questions if he's going to play. He not only plays on this road trip where they go three and zero, he's great. He averages over twenty seven a game. He's playing big minutes. The guy just refuses not to play. That's another thing with the Knicks. Their big three of him, uh, Barrett, and Randall have started every game. And around the league, you got all these guys who, who you know make up soreness or you know you know load management, all that stuff. The Knicks guys just want to play, and that's perfect for you know obviously Tibbs, who you know <laughs> hates the idea of resting, wants to play his starters until they're dead. Um, you know. Brunson has just been absolutely fantastic. You know, he, he's he's terrific player. You know, the, the Mavs really messed up. They really could have offered him an extension last year once it became available. They they really didn't do it until after the deadline. And, you know, look at the Dallas. They're under 500. they They're struggling. They really miss him. There's no doubt. And you know who the Knicks really missed earlier in the year? And you've seen it now, ZB? Quentin Grimes. He's a nice little player. The defense he provides, he knocks down the three. It means you're not looking at Evan Fournier on the court. That, to me, has been one of the keys of this run over the last two or three weeks. Grimes well, giving the him the minutes he's, he's given him, you know? He's a defender. And not only that, but you know, now he lets, he lets Barrett not have to guard the best player on the other team. And I think that's really helped RJ. He's played much better you know, in the last 12 or 13 games as well. You know, ha- Not having to, to be on the top guy. I think has really has really helped him and, and look Grimes Grimes might be like he might be better than a nice player. I mean, think about it. The guy played only forty games last year. He missed the first month of the season, and look what he's doing now. I think he's averaging around twelve or thirteen a game in, in the streak. And you know, he he knocks down 
threes. He can get to the basket too. He's a good athlete. He's a terrific defender. I mean, look, I'm I'm no Leon Rose fan, but getting him at 25 in the draft was a terrific pick. Totally agree. Looks like a keeper, a guy I want on this team for the foreseeable future. Barrett getting it going to me was inevitable. This is what he's done basically every single year of his Nick tenure, Zach. He gets off to bad starts. Now, maybe that pressure taken off of him has helped, you know, defensively where he's not putting as much stress, guarding the very best. It's opened up his offense. But this is a guy who's always gotten off to slow starts with the Knicks. That's why people are freaking out. Is it the contract? Is he putting too much pressure on himself? I don't think it was that. I just it, think he's a slow weird. starter. Every That's what it is. Year, he's just brutal the first month, six weeks. It, you know, it's, it's almost like he has Curtis Granderson, Carlos Beltran disease. <laughs> right. I was going to say Mark Teixeira. Tino yeah, Martinez. No, I remember those days. He's really been going, getting to the basket more. He hasn't been settling. He's not a great three-point shooter. We all know that. But he has been a little better lately. He has, he's settling for the three a lot less. I mean, look, the Knicks, the Knicks are really playing well. They really are. And look, and the Eastern Conference is not as good as people thought it would be. The Heat haven't been great. I know the Sixers have been better lately, but they haven't been great. Charlotte's one of the worst teams in the league. They've had a million, obviously, things go against them, whether it's the Bridges stuff or the Mellow Ball out. And, you know, the Bulls, are, there's talk the Bulls are going to break it down. They've been, a, they've been an absolute disaster. I mean, you know, right now you could say the Knicks, it's not crazy to think they could finish, you know, somewhere four to six. That's crazy considering where they were a month ago. That to me is just like, I think about what my perception was a month ago and what my perception of the team is right now. They were unwatchable. It felt like during that period. It felt like they were on a road to nowhere. Now, everybody buying in. The, the vibe. You know what the vibe reminds me of a lot, ZB? Two years ago. And, and I just oh, think they're no a better question. roster than what they were two years ago. Because yeah. they've added Jalen Brunson. They have Quentin Grimes. Barrett's a better player than he was a couple of years ago. Like, do you see any similarity, similarities to what the Knicks had going two years well, ago and what they have offensive. going right now? That's the thing. Like, even in that bad start they had, when they were 10 and 13, they were still not bad offensively. They were still somewhere in the middle of the league, you know, in offense. The issue was they just weren't stopping people. And part of that's been Grimes, part of that's been playing, you know, Miles McBride off the bench instead of Rose. McBride's a really good defender. You know, I think these young guys, how hard they play and how, you know, kind of is rubbing off on some of the other guys, some of the older guys about, you know, playing defense. They see McBride and Grimes just play so hard. I think that rubs off. And here's the other thing. They've won 11 of 17. And three of those losses were at home to the Grizzlies, Bucks, Bucks, and Blazers. Three good teams. And they easily could have won any of those games. They were games that really came down to a last shot. You know, they had they had Giannis fouled out in the last minute, couldn't close it out. So as good as they played, you know, 11 and 6, their last 17, could easily be better. They could easily have 12 or 13 wins there. You know, and the schedule is light, you know, over the next month. They play a lot of bad teams. They have the Raptors tomorrow. You know, they, they, they get the... The Bulls were, like I said, a mess on Friday. I mean, you know, there's no reason they can't continue to win here. The deadline's going to be very interesting. So the Knicks are trending in the right direction. The Knicks are a team, you know they want to make a splash. The question is, what kind of splash can they make? What are you hearing, ZB, about potential moves for the New York Knickerbockers? Is it with Chicago? where a Levine or a DeRozan potentially comes available. What is the team that you would identify with the Knicks 
as a potential match maybe come no, deadline when it comes to making Kuzma. a deal. You know, he he kind of fits into what the Knicks really could use with a with a guy who could hit shots, who's a really good defender, he's really long and athletic, you could play him at the four a little bit behind behind Randall. Um, the Wizards have been, you know, been really losing a ton lately here. You know, DeRozan makes a ton of sense too, a veteran guy who's won. You know, it's, it's going to be interesting because I, I don't think that big star is going to be there unless something crazy happens. But if, if you're the Knicks and you're Leon Rose, the franchise has lost so much for two decades. You know, they haven't won, they haven't won a playoff series in, in nine years. Do you trade some of these assets just to get a little better to where maybe you, you can really win a round to the playoffs? Now, look, I think it's Bucks, Celtics, Eastern Conference Finals. I think those teams are clearly right. But it, They're but by if far and away the two best teams. And if somebody's going to challenge them, it's Cleveland like, or Brooklyn, the Knicks, not the Knicks. just haven't won much at all. Like, it's got, it's got to be tempting to, like, try to go get another good player. And you know what? Who knows? Maybe, you know, the Knicks win around and they get a shot at the Celtics in the second round. I mean, how fun would that be? It'd be a ton of fun. As far as what it would take to get a guy like Kuzma or to get a guy like DeRozan, you're not messing with your big three. That goes without saying. Randall, give him credit. I killed them all last year. I wanted to do everything in my power imaginable to get the guy off the team. And so far this year, he's been great. I give credit where yep. credit is due. He's playing the way he did two years ago. Barrett's not going anywhere. Brunson's not going anywhere. And I'll say this, EB. No, I don't want Quinn Grimes going anywhere. Trading him he's got to be on this star. team. Like, like for like, you know, obviously when they had those Donovan Mitchell talks, they they that was something that they they were they were considering. And that's understandable. Like, you would expect that. But I'm talking about for one of those good type of players, like a Kuzma or DeRozan no, I mean, type, I'm not trading I, I think you're runs. looking at Can't assets. Do it. You know, the Knicks have a ton of picks. We've been through it a million times. You know, you, that's what you're looking at. You're looking at having to trade um, some assets. And now, will they do it? I, I'm not sold they would. But, I, you know, I think at some point you got to say, we have a chance to win some games here. And make you know make some make some noise in the playoffs. Why not, right? I mean, why not? At, at some point, you know, like that's how you attract these big star players is by becoming a winner and and winning around and sh- you know and showing some one of those big guys, hey, we're only you away from being a uh, being a title team. I, you know, I, I think it's definitely something the Knicks have to at least consider. You've been around the team in and out for a while over the last couple of years. This year, you're spending a ton of time with the team. Is this the most positive energy and the most positive vibes you've ever had around the Knicks? The, the, the vibes are great. You know, it's, it's a young team. You have a bunch of guys who are in their, you know, early to mid-20s. I think that's a factor. Brunson, from when he signed, he was getting work in it at the facility. He had a bunch of the guys over for Eagles-Cowboys game. It was kind of a, a fun rivalry between him and Randall because he's Brunson's a South Jersey guy, so he's a huge Eagle fan, and Randall's a big Cowboys fan. And, you know, so you got that going on. You know, there's, you know, there's always joking. Today, Barrett had this, like, shiny black uh, suit on and. Mitchell Robinson said he looked like a Backstreet Boy. You know, you know the, the the team is really seems to have be having a lot of fun, and they should. I mean, they're they're playing great, and you know, I don't I don't see why this is going to stop when you kind of look at the the age of this team and, and kind of what you got here. ZB, before we say goodbye, Jets Jags Thursday. Bring your way, bring your rain poncho, bring an umbrella if you're making your way out to MetLife Stadium. Uh, are you excited to see Zach you, Wilson can, yet again on the center? Are you going to be haunted by seeing Trevor Lawrence again? 
I can. I can't throw in the rain, though. That's well, an issue. For I don't me. think Zach Wilson can either. So. so you don't sound particularly confident about the Jets. Do you think the Jets have to win out to make the playoffs? Yeah, I think they I do. do. Um, I think if you tell me Quinnen's going to play and Quinnen is healthy and is going to make a difference, I think the Jets find a way to win. Decent to good to great with him. You see the difference. I think Corey Davis back helps. If you tell me um, Quinnen's himself, I think they'll find a way to win and they'll play around the quarterback. But otherwise, you know, I don't. <laughs> so, uh, Not a ringing endorsement of your team's chances is what you're telling me. You, you, you. You will sign right now for week 18 winning it against the Dolphins. I think you'd have to. Of course, of course. I mean, look, I still think it's been a really good year. I think their future is really bright. They have a ton of good young players. It'll be interesting to see what they do with the quarterback moving forward. I, I don't think there's any way you could go in next year with Zach Wilson as your quarterback. Um, I, I want to see more Mike White when he's healthy. Now, the problem is the guy gets hurt a lot. He's been hurt. This is, you know, he was hurt last year. He gets hurt again. But, you know, I want to see more him personally. I love him. I think he's great. I think he's I think he's Chad Pennington 2.0. That's what I think Mike White is. I think he's Chad Pennington. I, I, like, people are just going to doubt him because, you know, he wasn't a high pick, all this stuff. It's a shame he got hurt. It's a shame Brees Hall got hurt. It's a shame, you know, but look, every team has injuries. You can't complain. You know, hopefully the Jets find a way to win and then Mike White can play in Seattle. Zach Braziller, it's always a pleasure, buddy. Uh, happy holidays to you, the missus, and the uh, and the dogs, I heard them making a cameo, <laughs> which you love to hear. Uh, I will hopefully see you at Madison Square Garden soon. There's a lot hey, to man. talk about, my, buddy. My, happy holidays. I'll uh, see you later, right? That's the great Zach Brazil over at the New York Post. Before we say goodbye, I, I promise you trivia, you're going to get that. And even a voicemail or two. Uh, I'm in the giving spirit. It's the holiday season. This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com, A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. I know we normally don't do voicemails, but you know what? It's it's day before, a couple days before Christmas. I'm in a giving spirit. We're going to have a live, by the way, after Jets-Jaguars. So we're going to do our live, and then as a pod, we're going to have all Football Friday stuff combined with our reaction to Jets-Jaguars. I'll have a short pod Sunday night recapping everything, meaning Saturday football, Sunday football, Knicks Christmas Day. So probably at around 11, 30, 12, right after you had one too many eggnogs. And I'm never an eggnog guy. So Christmas Day, I hope the Conas are ready for me with the Dolphin game and the Nick game. I'm going to need them. All right, told Kate, I'll drive Christmas Eve, Christmas Day. That's all you. That, that's all you. I want a free and clear kind of day. Although I do have to work. Forgot about that. So maybe not as much. Maybe I can drive. Who are we kidding? Of course I can drive. I got to do a podcast. What kind of nonsense is that? See, this is what happens when you're thinking on the fly and you have no idea what's going on. That's me right now. I have no idea what's going on because it's a couple of days before Christmas. So that plan goes out the window. Same for New Year's. How about that? Same for New Year's. That's Saturday. Going into the uh, 31st into the 1st. Then my conas can be unleashed. Anyway, voicemails. 917-382-1151. Uh, two quickies. Let's hear them. Hey, JJ. This is Ryan out in Myrtle Beach, formerly of Long Island. Love the show. 
speaking of uh, Kayvon Thibodeau from the last couple of days, it really bothers me that a defensive lineman is wearing number five. I understand this is the second year of that rule. How do you feel about it? I mean, watching a linebacker with number seven running around and tackling people is ridiculous. You know, running back with number two, uh, it bothers me. May not bother other people. I'm just curious where your thought is. But well, I appreciate the call and I appreciate the kind words. I couldn't care less. Kayvon Thibodeau could be wearing number five. He could be wearing number 99. Uh, he could wear double zero. He could wear a letter X. If he gets after the quarterback and is disrupting plays the way he did on Sunday night, he could wear whatever, whatever the hell he wants on the football field, okay? This is a new world in the NFL. Get used to it. It is not going to be the traditional, hey, you're a receiver, you wear this number. You're a DN, you wear this number. Guys going to wear what they want to wear. Hey, 2022, soon to be 2023. Not a concern for me. I have a lot of concerns in the world. D Lyman wearing single-digit numbers. I'm over it. So it's a problem for you, not a problem for me. All right, let's hear one more. JJ, uh, it's Anthony inside. I said, listen, this is not a sports-related voicemail. Uh, I just had a question. There's a rumor that a certain member of your show may or may not have, for the first time in his life, dined at a infamous New York, New York favorite Williamsburg, Brooklyn Steakhouse uh, on the evening of uh, Tuesday. I'm just calling to find out, number one, did that happen? And number two, if so, what does said employee have to say for this steakhouse? Merry Christmas and happy holidays to you and everybody over at The Ringer and Spotify. Thank you and God bless. Well, Mr. Syosset, I can tell you that earlier this evening, my esteemed producer, Stefan Anderson, and I, a few other gentlemen, had a wonderful meal at Peter Luger Steakhouse in Williamsburg. And Luger's is a must for me. I go a couple of times a year. I went with Brian Curtis a couple of months ago. It was fantastic. Uh, I have gone with the family. It is it, my guys, Tommy and Ron over there. They're the best. They're the best. I ran into a couple of you guys while we were waiting for our table. I appreciate all the love and the support. Stefan, I've eaten at Luger's a million times. Nobody needs me to be raving about the steak and the spinach and the bacon and the shrimp. This was your first ever Peter Luger's experience. The audience does not want to hear from me on this. They want to hear from you. How, sir, are we grading your first Peter Luger's dining endeavor? So I got to give Luger's for the first time an 8.5 out of 10. That's very a high good. grade. Very uh, good. It could be higher, but very, eight and a half is good. pretty high. It's pretty I will, high. I will say where we fell off a little bit, uh, the onion rings. They didn't have the texture or the crisp that now, I was looking I, for. I agree with that. Normally, I don't do the onion rings. This was a first-time onion ring type of purchase for us at Luger's. Um, the steak melts in your mouth. Steak Can't was amazing. About that. Steak was amazing. My first time having medium rare as well. Oh, amazing. really? Yes, I enjoyed it. First time well, going listen, medium rare. I really enjoyed that as well. When you go to a place well. like that, they ain't going to do you wrong on medium rare. I promise I enjoyed you. it. I enjoyed it. Um, what was your favorite side? Oh, the potatoes, man. I am a potatoes guy, like French fries, mashed potatoes. So uh, those German potato hash German potatoes, Mm. they're like a home fries with like a nice garlic seasoning in it. It was 
Chef's Kiss. I, I loved it. Peter Luger is like, it reminds you of like one of those old fashioned, like, you know, you come out, you bring your family to eat. Like they had like, they didn't have like a fancy receipt. Like they wrote everything down. I was like, this is like one of those places that you still continue to go. And you could tell by the crowd that was there tonight, like that place was packed out. It looked like a club in there in that bar area when we first walked in. It was so many people there, but uh, a very great dining experience. Thanks to you guys. Uh, shout out to you, Syosset. Uh, the Hammer, and uh, our guy Seth over there. Um, I had a great time tonight. Thanks for having me out. Uh, I will be back to Lugers again. There you I go. Need to... well, so when I invite you back, you're not going to stiff me. You're in. Okay. No, absolutely not. I will be back at Lugers again. And um, I guess next time we'll try to fish, right, Jay? They say the fish is good. You gotta try to fish. <laughs> oh, you got the fish at Lugers. I mean, only our idiot friend Seth Edelstein would actually make that joke going to the steakhouse and finds a way to get the waiters to laugh every single time. So, Stefan... Gives Peter Lugers a primo grade, Anthony Syosset, in case you were wondering. All right, before we say goodbye, Larry, I promised you some trivia. We didn't do it on Sunday because we had the live. We'll take care of it on Tuesday. Let's hear it, Stefan. JJ, Larry in Florida. Here's a couple for you. Who was the only guy last year to hit 30 homers and have a 25 steal season in the majors? Second one is, Brock Purdy was Mr. Irrelevant last week when Frisco played Tampa. Who was the guy on Tampa that was also Mr. Irrelevant? I'm out. Oh, man. Larry not messing around. Who on Tampa was Mr. Irrelevant, meaning the last pick of the draft? I mean, I am... You could give me 10 zillion guesses. I am never in a million years going to get this. Stefan, do I have any prayer of getting this Brock Purdy, uh, Mr. Relevant Tampa question or no? Uh, You might. You might. I think you should take a stab at it. Uh, It may not be the household name guy that you're looking for, but he is a key contributor to their team on a week-in and week-out basis. Key contributor. Is it Scotty Miller? Took a stab. Is it? Hmm. Cameron Brait. Mm. All right, I'm taking one more guess at this. Key contributor. Oh, man. Is it Giovanni Bernard? Nah, he was a high pick. Who who is it, Steph? Ryan Suckup, the kicker. That's that's a good answer. Ryan Suckup, Mr. Relvin, last pick in the draft. That sh- that makes sense. That makes sense. Good job on that one, Larry. All right, the only guy in Major League Baseball this year: thirty bombs, twenty steals. Damn, crazy to say. There's only one with thirty plus bombs and twenty plus steals. Is it the guy who's going to have a press conference tomorrow at Yankee Stadium? Is it Aaron Judge? Mm. It's not Aaron Judge. I thought Judge might have got the 20 steals. Felt wrong. Is it Bo Bichette? Mm. I am I am not having a good performance today. Larry's kicking my ass. I think Larry's mad that we didn't take a trivia question on Sunday, so he made sure this is especially hard for me. Um... 30, 20, 
You got to think about guys that hit a lot of home runs. And then you got to think about guys who steal a good amount of bases. Brian Reynolds. All right, I'm taking one more guess at this, and then I am waving the white flag. Because right now, this is a uh, humiliating, sad, and pathetic performance from yours truly. Thirty twenty. Randy Arozarena. Was I even in the right stratosphere, Stefan? Because I have no idea what I'm doing right now. Uh, yeah, you were you were thinking a good outfielder, but you miss you missed this guy, Kyle Tucker. I would not have put Kyle Tucker as a 20 stolen base guy. He had 25 to be exact. Maybe because I don't have him on my fantasy team. That's probably why. So, Larry, I tip my cap and call you my daddy. What can I say? You kicked my ass today. Absolutely kicked my ass. Job well done, Larry. All right. We'll be back on Thursday. Jam-packed show. All our Football Friday regulars. Beningo. Now, I'm going to take Beningo before the game because he's gone. So you got to understand that. You're not going to get Joe's reaction to Jet Jaguar until next week because he's going to be at the game on Thursday night. So Jet Jag, Spotify Live for us after the game, and then we'll have it all posted as a podcast. Jet Reaction, Joe, Art, Cats, our Friday show before the Christmas holiday. And we will have a pod, short pod, Sunday night, recapping it all. Great job by Stefan. I hope everybody gets their Christmas shopping and their holiday shopping done. I'm uh, hitting the home stretch on that. We'll try not to suck. We'll chat on Thursday. Until then, get down. Be good, everybody. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. When I went on my last holiday to Cape Town, it was amazing. My friends were there, the weather was phenomenal, and most importantly, the food was fantastic. But one thing I struggled with was finding the right places to stay. You know, all I want is a great bed, a fantastic shower, and breakfast that doesn't end at 8 a.m. I'm on holiday, I'm still sleeping. I also like ease, and the Hotels.com app easily helps me to find a perfect hotel for every trip. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly getaway or a relaxing spa weekend, on the Hotels.com app, you can compare up to five hotels side-by-side. Now, why would you want to do that? So you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings. And best of all, you don't have to switch back and forth between options. See? Ease. So, start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today.